You guys, I just got back from the gym doing something I don't really like to do, but something that I do anyway, because taking care of my body is important to me. Just being able to move my body as I go throughout my everyday tasks is really important. And as I get older, it's even more important. And so I was really excited to hop on a call a few days ago with Kathy. Kathy works at the Fast Lab, and her mission is to help people and to help athletes uh, get strong, get fit, and feel good about themselves and their bodies. I'm excited to share with you my conversation that I had with her. And I'm really excited because Kathy is going to be presenting at our upcoming summit in May, our virtual conference. This is the largest virtual conference by and for outdoor women. It's going to be incredible. And Kathy brings a lot to the table with her knowledge, experience, and expertise. And so I will let you go ahead and enjoy my conversation with Kathy. And if you want to learn more about the summit, head on over to our website, hikelikeawoman.com. And you can find out when registration opens, you can find out who our speakers are, you can look at our schedule and all the things. So head to our website, hikelikeawoman.com to learn more about our summit. Tell me about the Fast Lab. What is Fast Lab and what do you do? Okay. So the Fast Lab is an integrated sports performance center. So we say integrated because we work with all of our professionals work together. So we have physical therapy, massage therapy. um, We do a lot of strength training, exercise classes, corrective exercise. And then my part of it is I'm an exercise physiologist and endurance sport coach. So I work with runners, cyclists, triathletes, mountaineers, hikers, backpackers. So because hiking and backpacking is an endurance sport. Um, So then the Fast Lab, we work to incorporate all of that. So if someone I'm working with is training for a big climb and they have knee issues or hip issues, then they'll see our physical therapist and then get corrective exercise. We also do functional nutrition as well as sports nutrition. So we try to wrap everything in that the that the person would need. Oh my gosh, I love that yeah. it's like a one-stop shop for all yeah. the things you need. Yeah. When I was going through cancer treatment, it felt like I'd see my oncologist and then I'd see the dietitian and then I'd see the acupuncturist and then I'd see the physical therapist and it was all of these all of these different entities trying to keep me uh alive, but no one was really communicating and talking to each other and so yeah. I would have to Go tell the physical therapist what the acupuncturist said and all those things. So I really love that you're looking at the whole person here, not just I'm trying to make you really successful on your next adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's why my business partner is a physical therapist. And that's why we joined forces, because for years we referred clients back and forth. But, you know, when mm-hmm. you get a referral from your doctor, or your PT, hey, you should go talk to this person. Most of the time we don't. So, yeah, so we're like, well, let's just join forces. Yeah. So now when people come in to see the physical therapist, they already know because I've talked to him before the client shows up and mm-hmm. vice versa. So it makes for a much more you get results a lot quicker. Yeah. You're not having yeah. to guess what they said before. Right. And yeah. and you make it easy on um easy on your, your patients and your clients because yeah. they don't have to, they don't have to keep repeating their story over and over and Correct. over again. Correct. I wish you lived here. Okay. Well, we're only like, <laughs> what, an hour and a half from Laramie? Two hours? I, I, maybe two hours. Yeah. Maybe two hours. I don't know. When I have to go to Denver, I'm like, oh, there's so many oh, people. Traffic. Oh, I'm the same way. Yeah. I've been here yeah. 25, 30 years and it's, ugh. yeah, it's gotten a lot worse. Mm, yeah. Crazy, crazy. So I am training to climb Kilimanjaro. 
Oh, nice. And, and maybe we could just, maybe you could just, I could just pick your brain a little bit about this climb that I'm doing in, in June. Mm-hmm. Um, I, on this, it's a guided trip and okay. I have 22 women coming on the trip with me and the youngest athlete is 22. The oldest is 70. So awesome. we have this huge wide range of women on this trip. Mm-hmm. And um, I, Everyone's been asking me like how do they how to prepare to climb Kilimanjaro and I'm like just walk maybe like do some leg strengthening okay. exercises maybe some some stretching how how you you talk about training athletes like our hike you said hikers are athletes but we yeah. don't think about that right uh, as as an athletic thing but this is it yeah so it's huge what's like the number one thing we should be doing to prepare for Kilimanjaro. So the base training, like you said, just walk is important. Um, how much vertical is it in your? A lot. Okay. <laughs> a lot. Yeah, we get up to, I think it's the shy of 19,000 feet. Oh, nice. So okay. It's big. Yeah. yeah. So three components, aerobic endurance is going to be huge and that's low intensity. So the high volume, low intensity is key. Um, doing that multiple days. Because how long is your trip? Uh, eight days of climbing. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So being able to train three, four, five days in a row, not right off the bat, but as right. you get closer and closer to your event is also really important. Because in the real uh, world, we tend to do a hard workout and go, oh, I'm tired the next day. I'll rest and then I'll come mm-hmm. back. So that's yeah. okay in the beginning, but then you have to layer that volume day to day to okay. day. And then, as you said, the strength training is huge. And um, doing single leg stuff. So you're doing step ups, lunges, you know, it's not going into the weight room and, you know, doing bodybuilding or power lifting. It's all Mm -hmm. what we call functional exercises. So Mm -hmm. multi joint. So you're a lunge is very similar to what you're going to do on the mountain, you Mm -hmm. know, and you do that one leg at a time. So that's how you would want to train. So it's the endurance, it's the strength, and then also balance you know, Mm -hmm. is a big thing. So you got (laughs) to, you're walking, you're not just walking, you're walking (laughs) and moving things. So, so having good balance is also important. And there's small exercises that you can do to work on that. So instead of doing a lunge on the ground, you got your foot on something that's unstable, or even a folded towel, which is unstable. Mm -hmm. And then that trains all the sensory perception too, that can get better. So yeah, you can do a lot in six months. Yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. jacked, man. Good. <laughs> I love I love what you said though about functional movement mm-hmm. and being able to. That's so important, especially as we get older. And my mom um, has had a very religious yoga practice for a long time, and she walks three miles, goes to a 90 minute hot yoga class and then walks three miles home almost like five times a week. And she, my mom is, she's very fit and very strong. Mm -hmm. But the reason that she started going to yoga in the first place was because she wanted to be able to play on the ground with her grandkids. Oh, that's awesome. And, and I feel like that as we get older, we forget that, um, like I want to be able to be active. Yeah. Uh, up until the day I die, right? Hopefully, yes. The goal, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, and it used to be in the clinical setting, functional was, yes, daily activities of living. So we want to make uh -huh. sure that as you age, you can get the groceries out of the car and load them up and carry them up the stairs. And now functional is whatever the demand of your life is. So if you're a cyclist, you need to be able to balance and stay on the bike. If you're a hiker, you need to be able to stand on one foot on a moving rock, you know, carrying a backpack going uphill. So there's a lot of exercises that you can do to make you, you know, to make that demand much easier on your body. So, so that's, that functional training is different than a cyclist training because your, your goal is something totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So fascinating. I love it. I love it. I have a, I have a bachelor's in exercise science. So oh, I can't cool. Okay. Yeah. But I've never done anything with that. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> except, except move my body. Okay. Uh, you wrote a book. Tell me about your book, Eat Eat Right to Train Right. Yeah. And it's, okay. oh my gosh, it's 20 years when you put that in your email. It's like, oh my God, that came out 20 years ago. But um, I was coaching for Carmichael Training Systems then. And 20 years ago, the whole high protein, high fat, carbs are bad. That's when the snack wells came out because they didn't have any carbs, but it was all this <laughs> yeah. processed crap that we were eating. So we had a yeah. lot of athletes that were like, no, I don't want to eat carbs. You know, that's, that mm -hmm. they're bad. And everything I read talks about, you know, yeah. the high fat and high protein. So we wrote the book based for endurance athletes. And I'm happy to say 20 years later, it still holds true. So the science has been updated, sports nutrition mm -hmm. products have gotten better and better and better. But still, mm -hmm. you know, it is eat right to train right. So if you're going to push your body, to these limits that we do, you have to fuel it well. So, and knowing, and it's just like training your body, you can train your gut. So some people are like, oh, well, I don't eat when I'm training, but when I go out on my big hike for, you know, 12 hours or whatever, then I eat all this stuff and I get upset stomach. But you can train your gut just like you train your body. So while you're doing shorter hikes and stuff, you start drinking and eating what you're going to use on your longer hikes, and then your system actually gets trained to process that. So yeah, so you can get your system to adapt to that as well. Human body is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. I haven't, I hadn't thought about that. But when I go backpacking, often, it's like, I'm just trying to get all the calories in. So I'm eating a bunch of garbage ah. and then, and then a dehydrated meal that's just full of calories and grossness. Right. And then, and then I feel sluggish and, and, and icky. Yeah. The whole trip. And that's probably cause garbage in. Right. Exactly. Well, and an eight day trip, you can't do that for eight days. You know, yeah. I always say sometimes if it's a, you know, one night overnight backpacking trip, yeah, you know, you feel okay. But yeah, for eight days, your yeah, your system is not going to like that. Yeah. So. Mm, interesting. Are you an athlete? Did you? Is this how you get got started? In yeah, I started as a triathlete. I was a swimmer in high school. Got into triathlons in college, and then I hurt my back, so I really got into cycling because I couldn't run for a while. And then when I moved to Colorado, thirty years thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> scary to say. Um, I really got into cycling. So I was a racer for a while. And now I've hung up the we call it the number. So when you race, you always yeah. have to wear a number. So I don't wear a number anymore. But I do a lot of um, cycling events like ride the Rockies, which I'm sure you've heard of and triple bypass and those types of things. But when I retired from racing, I was like, okay, every weekend was spent 
at a race. You know, I was training so much. So um, that's when I was like, oh my God, I used to hike and backpack and really, really enjoyed it. And I live in Colorado. In the last five years, I spent every weekend in an office park or (laughs) somewhere riding in circles to race. So I started mountain biking again and then got into the hiking and then backpacking the next year. So that now in the summers, I balance all that out rather than spending all my time on the bike, which I love. Yeah, so fun. I love it. That's so cool. My yeah. my kids are on the mountain bike team and then the cross-country ski team. And I was a cross competitive oh. cross-country ski skier. Um, so yeah, I was I was thinking about all of our weekends in, in the summer and fall are mountain bike races and then ski races. And yes. um, <laughs> it's going to be a big change when my kids move on to college. Uh, I'm going to have to hang up my ski mom oh uh, right yes and, You're like, well, and, i have a weekend free this i'm that's what i'm <laughs> like this is what people do on the weekends like wow there's so many options <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's great yeah it's great so um you're presenting at our upcoming summit which yeah, i'm really excited about because you just are a wealth of information and knowledge and i think you can have a lot to bring to the table um in 60 seconds or less i don't want you to give away all of your talk i just want you to give us a little a little dose a little taste if you will of what you're going to be presenting at our summit okay i'm going to be talking about it's how to prepare yourself to be a more fit healthier and that leads to having more fun as you're hiking and backpacking. So training your your body to be more cardiovascular fit and then to have the strength and endurance so that when you are hiking and backpacking, it's not as strenuous on you, which results in a much more pleasant experience. So I'll talk about different ways that you can train your body, how you fuel your body to, to have that wonderful experience, as well as give examples of strength training. And it's everything in the strength stuff you can do outside, you can do at home, you can do in your backyard. So you don't have to go to a gym to do it, because it's all the functional strength training that helps you be a more fit and faster if that's your goal, hiker. So how is I can't wait to learn. I can't wait to learn from you. What is so our hike like women community is typically women from like their mid thirties all the way up until retirement age and beyond. And what is one of the biggest um, concerns that you have with women of our demographic as they're getting a little older, going through menopause and beyond? What's what's one area that you think we could all maybe work on? Being there myself. So the, one of the biggest things is allowing for recovery. So when you're training and you're pushing your body hard, when you're in your twenties and thirties, we have a lot more wiggle room. So we can go hard two or three days in a row and not sleep well and go out to happy hour and the next day. So will feel okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that doesn't happen anymore. So, yeah. um, so going out for a big hike or, you know, a training session, what you eat before and during, how you recover after, are you stretching? So it's all those other things that surround the actual hike that you have to pay a lot more attention to. And it takes longer to recover as you get older. So I tell a lot of my athletes, okay, this is how much time you spent training. Now we need to spend almost as much time focused on your recovery. So again, it's the what you do as soon as you get done with the training session, how you're sleeping, how you're hydrating, stretching, all that other fun stuff that we have to add to the mix. So it's not just go out, do your hike, and then 
wipe your hands and go, okay, I'm ready to go the next day. There's like activities that will help with that recovery because that takes more, takes more as we get older. Kathy, you said the S word, you said stretch. Stretch, yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Whenever I'm trying to stretch, and it's been like this my whole life, I'm just like, oh, this is such a waste of time. I'm so bored. I feel so much better after I just like warm up and stretch and Mm -hmm. like in front of the TV and stretch. Like I know I'm going to feel better after I stretch, but I just, I need to just accept it. And not see it as a waste, like you said, like this is part of recovery and I need to stretch. Right. And now we know that before exercise, you don't necessarily need to stretch. So more dynamic movement. So if you're going to go uphill and do a really steep hike, you want to do some smaller uphill. Don't, you know, get out of your car and start going up right away. But doing some, you don't have to, you know, do hamstring stretches or whatever, but going out and letting your body adapt to that. So little hills or, you know, up and down in the parking lot or something like that before you go uphill. And then afterwards, we call it dynamic stretching, but there's movements that you can do. So it's not like what we used to do in PE class, you know, sit on the floor and, you know, that, yes, exactly. So, it you know, it can be very specific. And for hiking, we use a lot of our, the front of our legs and our hip flexors. So when we sit at our desk, our hip flexors get tighter. When we drive our car, our hip flexors get tighter. And then we want to just have them turn on and do what they're supposed to do while we start hiking. So being able to stay on top of that all the time is going to, again, help with the experience as well as the recovery. I guess I'm going to have to stretch. Yeah, <laughs> you, you talked me into it, Kathy. I'm gonna okay. start more often. Um, we have women in our community who um, maybe feel like a little intimidated by the thought of a regular, consistent kind of fitness routine, or um, women who might be a little out of shape. Maybe someone who has had a baby and they're they they've been doing the mom thing mm-hmm. and now they're they don't know where to get back to to you know getting getting that body back yeah. um and and lots of changes as women our bodies are 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 constantly changing and evolving um what would you say what's one piece of encouragement you could give to a woman that might be thinking i need to get out of bed and i i could just start with going for a walk but i i just don't have the motivation or i don't know where to start what what would you tell this woman to help yeah. her? Well, the first thing is, is just to do that first day. I mean, even if it's a five minute walk and most of us, if we commit to five minutes or 10 minutes, once we start doing it, you're like, wow, this isn't so bad or it feels good. And then that five minutes might turn into 10 minutes and then celebrate that success. And some people have a journal, some people I'm looking at your calendar on the wall behind you, <laughs> you know, you get a, and there's so many apps now and everything that yeah. you can use, but 10 minutes counts. It's all yeah. the little micro doses, we call them micro doses of exercise that add up. So a lot of people think, oh, if I'm training for this hike, I need to find an hour and a half in the day. Well, not very many of us have that. You know, so 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at lunch, and then the next day, maybe it's just five minutes. And then over time, your body's going to be like, wow, this isn't so bad. And you realize how good you feel. Like I just got back into yoga and I use an app and I started with 10 minutes 
And I was yeah. like, okay, cause that's doable. I can commit to that, you know, five days a week. And now I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to add another little five minute video clip later in the day. So that's been rewarding for me. Cause if you think, oh God, I got to go to an hour yoga class in front of people and I don't want to do that. <laughs> so it's just fit what fits into your life realistically and starting with those little tiny again micro doses or little tiny bits and then they just start either getting longer or more frequent and we're, we're all starting in different places you know and there's no such thing as I'm not I can't get off the couch I can't do it so even if it's walking to the mailbox and back on the first day you know and then you go to the corner and come back but it's yeah it's just those little goals and then building from there yeah. yeah. When I was going through cancer treatment, I was so sick from chemotherapy that I couldn't. It was so hard to just get off the couch. Yeah. Um, and like taking a shower was just a victory because right. I took a shower yeah. today. Right. <laughs> yes. And my husband just started grabbing my arm and walking around the block with me. Nice. And it was amazing how one lap around the block turned into a lap around the park yeah. and then a lap around the park turned into a mile and then a mile turned into two miles. And, and so I understand like starting from scratch is, is really hard, but it's, it's doable yeah. and you can do it. Well, and that's you, a mistake that, that some respect. people do. It's like, Oh, I want to, you know, run three miles or whatever their goal is. And the first day they try to go yeah. out and do a mile or a mile yeah. and a half. And then they're like, Oh my God, I'm so out of shape. That was, well, of course. Because <laughs> yeah. yes, you are out of shape and that's way too much to start with. So just giving yourself time to build up. And as I said, the human body is amazing. It adapts to the stress we put it under. So if you do 10 minutes each day for the first week, the next week, your body's like, oh, I've adapted to that 10 minute stress. So now it's not as stressful on me. So now I'm ready for 15 minutes, that type of thing. So it's just gradually building up over time. Yeah. And then finding I, a group. That's why your group is awesome because real, in-person, virtual, you know, to have yeah. that support of other people is hugely motivating. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I have a friend that was trying to get fit after a long period of inactivity. And she said, okay, my car is going to be in the parking lot of the gym every morning at seven o'clock. <laughs> she said, I don't necessarily have to go into the gym. But I am going, my, my car is going to be parked from at the gym parking lot from 7 to 7.30 every single morning for a month. And she said sometimes awesome. she sat in her car and she just cried. And oh sometimes she parked her car and she went for a walk. And sometimes she parked her car and went into the gym. But just the discipline of of, of setting that goal. That yeah. Every morning the car That's is awesome. For half an That's hour. awesome. Yeah, I have yeah, people I was that, proud of her. yeah, they come in for a class and it's like, oh, I'm tired or I had the worst day at work. Or I'm like, you did the hard thing. You're here. You know, yeah. you've got yourself here, which a lot of times is the most difficult thing. So I'm like, hop on the bike, do what you can do. And 90% of the time they finish the whole class because it's just getting over that. I'm going to start. That's the hardest thing. Always yeah. the hardest thing. But if we can do it, then we're yeah. set up for the yeah. rest of the day. Kathy, it's been so fun talking to you and I'm really excited about what you're going to be presenting oh, at the summit. Too. I'm excited to great. learn from you. Um, is there, where? first of all, where can we go to learn more about what you do? So thefastlab.com is our website and then it goes through all of our performance 
uh, soft or sorry, performance testing that we offer. Uh, most of it is done in person. So if you're in Denver, that works great. Um, we do some of it virtually. And okay. then I do a lot of remote coaching. So I work with athletes all over the world, actually. And the technology these days, cyclists have power meters, runners and hikers have their GPS. So I can actually see where they went, what their heart rate was, how fast they went, if they're on a bike, their power, and it's all integrated calendar. So I don't have to physically have eyes on someone to help them get ready or create a training plan for them. So that's nice as well in this day and age of modern technology we're in. Yeah, yeah. it, it uh, makes the world small. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. And yeah. we do a lot of our nutrition coaching and um, functional health type stuff remotely as well, even for our local athletes, because people just want to, you know, pick up the phone and talk to their nutrition coach. They don't necessarily need to come in. So that works well. That's yeah. super cool. Isn't Kathy so cool? I feel like there's a lot of really bad fitness advice out there on the internet. Um, from people who don't necessarily have the education to back up what they're saying when it comes to health and fitness. And so that's one of the things I really love about Kathy is she is the real deal. She has the education, the background, the experience, everything to back up what she's saying. And so uh, I hope you will be able to join us for our summit in May, our virtual conference where you can hear Kathy's full presentation. If you want to learn more about our summit and how you can join us, this awesome virtual community that we have built together. And if you want to learn more about what Kathy does, and if you want to hear her talk about fitness and wellness and all of these things, head on over to our website, hikelikeawoman.com. Click that summit tab and you can get information on tickets, registration, our schedule, and learn more about all of our incredible speakers.